Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. That's right, boys and girls. You should know where you are, and God, no, you should know who this is. This is Tyler Sheff, and I am the host of the Cashflow Guys Podcast. And this week, guys, we got our co-host back. Mike Marino is joining us for another episode, and this time we're going to talk about green energy, some stuff that we've both learned recently about how green energy can actually be a huge benefit for us as investors, as property owners, landlords, and for our tenants. Now, for me, I got to be honest with you, guys, when this became a political issue, I immediately, when something gets politicized, I, I check out, I'm done. I'm not the guy, I'm not a political guy. I just, I could really give a shit less about politics and all the lies and the carry and the stuff that carries on. I think it's ridiculous. So when one party decides they want to be all about green energy, the other party is the other way. I just lose interest. But green energy is something that I have always I've thought about independent of the political aspect of it. And the reason for that is, and Mike, you've been out there. I have a hello. Welcome to the show, by the way. Hello, world. I have a cabin out in the woods in Cedar Key, Florida, outside of Cedar Key, Florida, that is off the grid. And that's by design, because when I know when the hurricanes come, that's how this whole thing started. When the hurricanes show up to, to Florida, everybody loses their freaking mind when they turn the power off. I mean, they go ape shit. And during Hurricane Irma, people are on Facebook like, I'm going to sue Duke Energy if I don't get my air conditioning within 12 hours. I'm like, oh, you you mealy mouth, white belly little cowards. Go outside and play, for God's sake. Go to the beach. It's a beautiful day. It's 82. Go outside and play. You'll live. So Jill and I decided we don't want to be any part of that crap. And when the world's coming to an end and everybody's freaking out about not having their electricity during after a hurricane or some other sort of civil mess, we could just sit out there in our cabin. We got a nice pond and I don't need to depend on anybody because I have, as long as the sun comes out, I'm good to go. We collect rainwater. We've developed a rainwater catchment system and we're completely off the grid and using renewable energy. And with that, we went out and bought, uh, I've got a whole, Mike's seen my solar panel bank. I've got a huge uh, solar farm out there out in the woods and uh, I got my water catchment system and I'm completely independent of the grid when I'm out the cabin. I even actually have Starlink, believe it or not, out there. So I, now I have full-fledged internet, which my internet is faster, by the way, out in the woods than it is when I'm in civilization. Um, I don't know, Mike, remember those webinars we were doing for the fund? It's like people thought I was in Key West. It's like, nope, I'm at the cabin. I'm out in the middle of the woods. A woodchuck just ran by, and I'm screaming at like 500 megabytes per second. It's great. Yeah. When I finally got to visit your cabin, man, that changed me. Now I kind of want to live off the grid. And like you said, not to be political, but we like the other side of green green energy, and that's the green money Amen. that comes with it. Amen. I, <laughs> but I will admit, for me, that begins with, you imagine what it would cost me to run power out to that cabin. Oh my gosh. Guys, yeah. I am three miles in a straight line. If that's if I go down, you know, go across other people's property, which I probably can't do. But in a straight line, I'm three miles from the nearest power pole. I'm four and a half miles uh, going by roads to the nearest power pole. So I would generally have to pay a, probably a huge impact fee to even get power if it was possible to my property. And some of my neighbors, I've asked them, and they're like, yeah, we checked into it. And they were like, they want two, three hundred thousand dollars from the owner or the homeowner to offset the cost to put power out there. And then you got to worry about power lines going down and all that. So initially, my green energy thing was all about I'm not spending that kind of money for electricity. I just got to figure out a plan B. Um, and that's where it started with me. So with that, Mike, you were blown away. I remember that I have air conditioning out there. 
Oh, wow. And it was cool in that little cabin. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I get it. I've got it insulated well, and I get it snowing in there. I mean, I like keep it at 72 at night, and it's just trucking along. We take all, we take the, sh- we take our showers. Did you ever want for water? No. Yeah, well, no. That, well, that's the thing about Florida, too. He had plenty of water. Yeah. I, I, in fact, it, it was overflowing. Remember yeah, that? Yep. Yeah, it was when it rains. It takes, so I, I have my primary storage is 1,200 gallons. And when that's empty, the size of my cabin and the roofs and the gutter system, it takes about three and a half hours of rain to fill up that 1,200 gallons. I don't think I could do that in Colorado. No, we need a little more rain. We're we're like the jungle out here in Florida, so we, we rain a lot more. But while we were there, Mike, we went to Leesburg, and I remember we were both excited about the community of Leesburg, right? Oh, yeah. I, I, I've i landed in Leesburg a few times. It's a cute little town. Tyler, you know me. I'm like a sucker for anything Main Street USA. Yes, if it are. feels like Americana, yep, you're I'm in. in love. Yep. <laughs> you're there. Well, we both really loved Oak, uh, Leesburg. I was going to say Ocala, Leesburg. And yeah. one of the things we noticed there, a lot of the construction in Leesburg is older. It's dated. It's um, pre-1970s, pre-60s you know, back. And what I noticed, and we talked about quite a bit when we were there, is there's a lot of window shakers in that town. Yeah. Um, because a lot of those houses were built before, well, some of them before electricity and others before air conditioning. But um, when I go to a new market, guys, and I'm, vetting a market that we want to potentially do business in. And for those of you that are new to the show, Mike and I have a real estate investment fund here through Cashflow Guys. Uh, you'll be able to go to the website when this comes out, hit a button and get over to the fund if you want to invest with us. If you ever thought about investing in real estate passively, you want to leverage the experience of Mike and I and our team, then the way to get that gets started is you go over to cashflowguys.com. You look up at the top corner, you'll see the button that says, ask Tyler or get on a call with me. You book a call. We'll have a conversation see if we're a fit for each other. And, um, there's some rules and regulations the government put in place. We'll get into all that another time, but uh, the opportunity's there. If you want to get your money moving, you're sick and tired of sitting in the same spot doing the same thing. Uh, that's called the definition of insanity, expecting a different result. Then you can change all that, and that begins by going to cashflowguys.com. There, there's my shameless plug. Now, um, in joining these Facebook groups, one of the things I noticed Leesburg specifically was the power, the energy cost in Leesburg over the summer, Mike, and this is the base energy cost. This isn't because people are now turning their air conditioners on uh, where versus the winter they don't have them on as much. This is the, the cost per kilowatt hour. In July, it went up 33 or it went up 100%. In, Ju- in mm-hmm. August, it went up 100%. In wow. September, it and went this up. This is not West Palm Beach. No, no, no. <laughs> We're talking about Leesburg, Florida. It's out in the middle of cow country right next to the villages where your mom lives out there in the villages. Which is a great community. It's an upscale community, the villages, but Leesburg yeah. is kind of the town. Mike and I discovered that the people that work at the villages generally will live in Leesburg because it's lower cost. Where Mike's mom lives is more expensive. But um, the energy bills, base cost went up 300% in three months. And that has to do with, apparently, and I don't know, this is what I read, but has to do with the cost of natural gas. And uh, natural gas costs went up, which means it costs more for the energy company to produce the electricity. And, of course, they have no choice but to pass it on to their customers. They obviously can't eat it. They're for-profit business. So when you're a landlord, and, Mike, you and I were talking about this. It's like, well, how does it – if you're renting an apartment, let's say. Let's say you're getting $1,200 a month, and your tenant suddenly gets a surprise $300 bill that won't seem to go away. How's that going to play out for us? Yeah, they're going to renew next month. 
Are they going to turn the air conditioning off, which is a bad thing because what happens in Florida if you don't have AC? You die. Mold, well, the mold and you die also. Yeah, <laughs> the mold is the slow death. That, that <laughs> me being sweaty for twenty four hours is a different kind of death. <laughs> but seriously, you when they, if you get to choose what bills to pay, which everybody does, you know, if you don't pay your power bill, they will shut you off right away. If you don't pay your rent bill, well, it's going to take me a while to get you kicked out. Now we can get you out pretty fast. We have somebody on our team that can put you out in two weeks in Florida, uh, but an eviction team and I'm. Luckily, I've, that hasn't really been a problem for us. But my point is, it's like it just we don't think about that. Like, what does green energy mean to me as a landlord? It doesn't matter. It's like, well, it does matter because if your tenants experience a surge in their expenses to rent your place, electric, water, whatever, trash, that's going to simmer down. It's going to go, you know, shit rolls downhill. You're going to see that. It's going to hit you as the tenant, Mike. Oh, yeah. I mean... Most rentals, the tenant pays the electricity. I know on my rentals, they did. Right. And so, like Tyler mentioned, so Leesburg houses the service workers of the villages, which is like 10 minutes up the road. Right. So, they're, they're not making six digits. They're not making six figures, most likely. Right. So, any little bit increase in, in energy costs is going to hurt them. They're going to be looking elsewhere. Right. So, yeah. How do we combat that as the landlord? Well, there's some really cheap in easy ways to help the tenant because most people don't think about this. They think of, okay, landlord versus tenant, you know, uh, left versus right, good versus bad. Right. But when you think about it, their money is your money. So if you save the money on their electric bill, they'll have an easier time to pay your rent. So in essence, the more money you help them save, it helps you keep the tenant in there. And now they want to have a problem paying your rent at all. That's right. Your biggest cost as a landlord, is turnover. Oh, yeah. Vacancy yeah. loss is absolutely your biggest expense. Nobody wants to admit that. But I'm here to tell you, and I see this all the time, when I people send me their deals and ask for help looking at them and whatnot, they always leave out vacancy loss, or they put it at like 2%. Good news for you. Ooh. There's 12 months in a year. So if you're charging $1,000 a month for rent, 12 months out of the year, that means there's $12,000 of max rent that you can cash in for that property. So if you lose one month of rent, that's 1100 or that's a, that's a thousand dollars right there, which means you've already got almost 10% right there. And let's say the tenant pays the bill every month, but they move out and then you have to, I don't know, change the floor coverings, paint the place. You have a septic backup. You got to deal with that. Now you one month, 10% vacancy loss is easy to accomplish easy. So this crap about, well, 0.5, 0.25, you are lying to yourself. So stop it. But you're right, Mike, if you can make functional changes in the way your property performs by making it less expensive for the tenant, what you're really doing is creating an insurance policy to make sure you get paid. My landlord here in Key West bought us a mini split air conditioning system. Now, I obviously don't, there's no worries of me being able to pay the rent. I can easily afford the rent. That's because I make sure my rent is always no more than one third of my gross income for that month or net income for that month. Now, I maintain three homes. So my collective household expense is less than 
one third of my monthly take. And if that wasn't the case, I would not have three residences. I'd have two or one. That's because we liked it. We have a place in Tarpon Springs, Florida. We have a place in Cedar Key. We have a place in Key West, and we like to travel, and we like to have different places, but that's within my means. But you got to know this, guys, listen to the show, and Mike, we've seen this, been talking, when we've been walking through talking to tenants, they live, if they can afford 1000 a month, they're paying 15 in rent, $1,500. Yeah. That, that is Key West in itself right now. These people come down here and, and clean toilets and serve drinks terribly. They do a shitty job. They make... They accept a job making twenty five grand a year to live in the most expensive place in the U.S. Well, guess what happens, guys? Those people become problem tenants when they can't pay their friggin' bills, which becomes a big problem for you because you can't evict them because they squat because they got no place else to go. So if you have a water bill, if your tenants are paying water, let's say, and the water bill's through the ceiling. And remember the story I was telling you, Mike, about the fourplex I bought over in Tampa a while back, a couple of years back? About the water problem, the leak? Yeah. So the reason why the seller was selling, and I always ask this question, is because the landlord was sick and tired of paying $900 a month for a water bill. And I oh. thought, 900 a month for a water bill? That seems a little much, even for the city of Tampa. Well, I know that my water bill is, uh, for, I have a four unit right down the road from this one, and it's like $140 a month. So obviously there's a big something wrong somewhere. It wasn't my job to solve the problem for that gentleman by telling him how to solve it. Instead, it made a lot more sense for me to be a good guy and just not just buy the property from him and I'll fix it and take good care of the tenants because his, his, his property management landlord skills were, let's just say lacking. And it's, I believe that it's my duty. If somebody's a terrible landlord that I should do everything I can within my power to politely fire them and give them a large sum of cash. I think that makes sense. I think that's being a good human and that's why I do what I do. It's like, Oh, you suck at being a landlord. So let me figure out. 10 different ways I can make an offer to buy your property because you should not be allowed to let property to uh, people for money because you're a dirtbag. Well, it turns out the toilet flappers were leaking in all the apartments, every one of them. <laughs> $20 toilet flapper. $20 toilet flapper. So I called a company called Leak, Detect- Leak Doctor of Tampa. They came out. They did a leak test. And what they learned is that the toilet flappers were leaking in all four apartments. And they were two bedroom, one bath apartment. So they changed the toilet flappers. I think the entire bill was 310 bucks for them to come out, find the leaks, change the toilet flappers. And because that's what they do for a living, they keep, you know, those quirky ones in their van. So they just go through and change them all. Leak stopped. Power bill went from 874 to 115 in one month. Wow. Wow. And, And on that note, you know, he probably had a lot of vacancy, a lot of turnover too, I bet. He, yeah, he was half, he had two apartments, he had four apartments. Two were rented by a family that uh, the woman lived there for 30, 30 years. Her daughter lived in the other apartment for 15 years. But the other two apartments were constantly turning over. So he was really facing close to 50%, 60% vacancy. Wow. Yeah. So I know a lot of my followers, my, my friends, they always ask me, hey, Mike, you make it sound so easy that you could just find... A landlord with a problem. We have to go through the MLS. You have to go through an agent. It's it's almost impossible to find a seller out there. That's not impossible to find a seller. That's ridiculous. That's that's the that's the talk of somebody that's not lifting a finger. It's like it's hard to get a girl to dance with you. How many people have you asked to dance there, Jimmy? <laughs> exactly. If you're sitting out back smoking pot with your other with your other loser friends instead of uh, being out there at the dance waiting for somebody to show up, hint hint the the girl you asked to dance is always the prettiest one. 
Yeah. You know why? Because nobody else is asking her to dance, and this directly applies to real estate. Yeah, hundred percent. An easy way to find a problem like the one Tyler's talking about is get off your ass, get off the computer, yep. get off MLS, and drive the neighborhood. That's right. So, like in this instance, most likely he doesn't have a property manager. He's dealing with high vacancy. He's got problems. Yes. He probably has a for rent sign in front of his properties with his phone number on it. Oh, yeah. A lot of times, all you got to do is call the for rent sign phone number. Ta da. <laughs> Because 90% of bad landlords, the slumlords, they don't have property managers. So they have their personal phone number on the forensic side. That's right. So you want an easy way to get in touch with the seller? Call the forensic side. So here's a, here's a little story you didn't even know, Mike. Uh, that deal came from one of my students that was learning how to wholesale. And I had, and he had said to me, he's like, how do I find motivated sellers? I'm like, motivated sellers are often landlords. So if you just find for rent signs in the neighborhood and drive for dollars and call them and ask them if they ever considered selling. And if you get one, let me know. So he called me out of the blue and he's like, dude, I think I found one. I'm like, what'd you find? He told me all about it. And he, cause he's one of my students. He knows I asked the question, why are you selling? What are you going to do with the money? Why he's selling is because he's sick and tired of paying $872 to the city of Tampa for water. That's why he's selling. I'm like, well, there's a flag. <laughs> there's a clue. Ooh. Easy button. Right. So we were able to buy it. And yeah, the tenants were a nightmare and yada, yada, yada. That's just the nature of the beast. But that we got that. We stole that property. Imagine a fourplex in Seminole Heights in a great neighborhood of all gorgeous gentrified homes. Oh, Seminole, yeah. Our little turd. We got it for 220 grand. <laughs> Two, 230. No, 230. For that fourplex. That wasn't that long ago. A couple of years ago. But people, you can't just sit home and sit on Facebook and go, well, the wholesalers won't give me a deal. So I can't do this toilet stuff and put an air conditioner in because the, the wholesalers are keeping all the money. Well, how the hell do you think the wholesaler got the lead, you dipshit? They didn't get it from a Facebook group. Well, frankly, they probably did. And that's part of the problem why you guys can't find these deals to go do this green stuff is because you're taking them from each other. You're daisy chaining. One wholesaler gives it to another wholesaler who gives it to his mom, who gives it to his, his aunt, who then it somehow winds up in the hands of a realtor. And then it winds up on a Facebook group. And you guys wonder why you can't get any opportunities. You know, when you go in these rent groups, Mike, one thing people bitch about all the time is utilities. Well, what apartment do you live in? I live in, you know, the towers at Leesburg Heights. Mm -hmm. Wow. Uh, do you have central heat and air in there? No, we got window units. Oh. Whereabouts are those places? Oh, they're over off of highway, whatever. Great. Now I have something for my mailing list. Ding, ding, ding. Amen. Mm -hmm. Because that's a problem we can solve. We can go in. Because you guys, we say, oh, you can't raise the rent that's already too high. Really? So if the tenants used to pay in $500 a month for an electric bill, and I can go in and reduce that electric bill to, I don't know, 200 i've created 300 dollars of extra cash flow my math right because i don't know if i had all my coffee yet but i've created a couple hundred dollars of extra cash flow right 300 dollars of extra cash flow 500 utility bill i make it a 200 dollars utility bill there's 300 dollars of free cash there so if the tenant has 300 dollars in free cash i need to be reimbursed for my my uh, mini split so if i raise my rent a hundred bucks or maybe 150 bucks because i am a dirty capitalist pig 
and I believe in splitting the difference. Now I charge $150 more rent, but they save the other 150 goes in their pocket. So my yeah. 150 rent increase, does that hurt their feelings, Mike? Oh gosh, no, no, exactly. Cause now they can sleep at night because the windows aren't rattling either. Well, that too. Yeah. You can actually have some peace and quiet. So guys, green energy isn't a bad thing. And the other part of it that we tend to miss is there are tax credits, which tax credits are much better than tax deductions, by the way. Tax credit, if you owe the government $5,000 in income tax and you have a $4,000 tax credit, your tax bill will be reduced to $1,000. That's how a tax credit works. You know, I know that tax write-offs aren't sexy. Like, oh, that's a tax write-off. I wrote off my meals. Great. What does that mean? You saved $1.50 on your taxes. But if you get a tax credit, which there are lots of federal incentive programs for green energy. So instead of whining about the whole, it's green, it's, you know, it's Andy, what's her name? AOC is behind it. So, or Bernie is behind it. So it must be bad because it's political. No, skip all that noise, guys. That's out there to, to daze and confuse you. Instead, look into how can you capitalize off of this? That's right. So usually when we drive neighborhoods, if we see window shakers and window shakers, they're the, the, the small, cheap air conditionings you put in the window, right? Yep. Which are not cheap That's anymore, the, by the way. Ouch. Yeah, they've gone way up. But as soon as we see those when we drive past, ding, 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 easy money. Hey, so we put them on the mailing list. I, I know I was always under the misconception where I'm driving around. Like, for instance, we've got this new property in Tarpon Springs, built in 1914. So right. a lot of the original windows are single pane. So the first thing that came to my mind was like, well, let's just change them all out and put energy efficient double pane windows in, right? Oh, hell no. <laughs> yeah. And then we did the numbers on that. Yeah. Well, you did the numbers. I didn't even bother. I'm like, I know how much those things cost. There's no way in hell I'm doing that. I've made that mistake before. Yeah. That's the first thing people think of. But gee whiz, yeah, those energy efficient windows are super expensive. Are they really going to be saving you enough money? Well, you know, we're talking about switching, pulling out an air conditioning out of a window and then replacing that with a mini split, which in essence is much cheaper. And actually, you're saving probably more money by doing the air conditioning conversion than you would to change that on the windows. Right. You know, guys, at the end of the day, all these decisions come down to math. And a good example of that is when we were looking at Seaport Inn, remember that one in Key West, Mike? Oh, yeah. We were looking at Seaport Inn, and we were out there with the contractors and the insurance. And the insurance quote for that, by the way, guys, for one year of insurance on that place was $37,000. I want to say it again for those in the back row. $37,000 was the annual insurance for that place. Yeah, Which you, you guys, if you got any of you guys listening own a house, compare that to what you're paying, and you're going to be like, "What?" That works out to three thousand dollars a month just for insurance. So, insurance agents like simple solution, man. If you, you, we can give you a much better deal on your wind coverage if you simply upgrade the windows. I'm like, sweet, let's do that. So I say to the contractor, "Let me get a quote on windows." He's like, "Oh, well, you were in a historical district." which means you need wood frame, uh, impact, and storm-resistant windows. Okay, great. Yeah, that. Go ahead and hook me up with the estimate. So I don't know. I remember you and I were talking, Mike. I was thinking like sixty grand. I think you were like at like 50, 55, something like that. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, 60, because you got to put a Kiva surcharge on there because everything's more expensive. Well, the windows came back. And mind you, the, the discount, I'll tell you a discount in a second. The cost for the windows was $125,000 to replace the windows. 
And that would discount our insurance a whopping $5,000 a year. So that would take it from 37 to 32. So when you take 30, the difference, that's $5,000, right guys, that $5,000 and you divide it into the 120,000 you're going to do to replace those windows. It's going to take you a lifetime, 25 years or more to recover the cost of those windows which means there's no, it makes no sense to do it. Would it be more green and safe? And in that case, Mike, you and I were paying the electric bill in that place, which was not cheap, but it just didn't make sense because it putting out that much money up front for such a little or such an extended return payback time doesn't make sense. So it's true. Very much case by case. Now you have an interesting, I remember we were talking about uh, tenant retention and how what your landlord did, one of your landlords out there in Colorado, because Mark Mike's smart. See, Mike doesn't own where he lives; he rents where he lives. Why is that, Mike? The numbers. So, literally, it is for the amount I'm paying in rent right now. It would only afford about like a two hundred thousand dollar house, and yeah. the cheapest house in my town is around four fifty. Right. So I just did those numbers. It's like, okay, well, a house is not an asset, right? If nope. I buy a house, it's not going to make me money. So why would I pay more than double a month in mortgage payment when I can pay a hell of a lot less in rent and it's the same place? And be nimble. And be nimble. Yeah, I'm moving uh, in two months from now. I mean, it, the whole American dream idea from the 50s unfortunately our parents told us i'm sure you've heard it from your parents too oh yeah oh you gotta own a house you gotta own a place exactly you're nothing until you own exactly well sometimes you're broke too yeah broker and that's usually where where you get that advice from guys your broker your broker says oh geez you should own a house because it's an investment in your future no it's not no it's not um Mm -hmm. you know we we rent in key west why? Because the place I live in is $1.2 million if I was to buy it right now. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I don't even know what the mortgage payment is on $1.2 million without breaking up my calculator, but it's a hell of a lot more than I pay in rent, I'll tell you that much. Here's the gotcha. interesting thing. My landlord bought that place 20 years ago. So I my rents are ridiculously cheap in Key West. I probably shouldn't say that in the podcast because he'd be like, ugh. But anyway, no, he's a good guy. My point is, I can't own anything like I can't believe you haven't bought a place in Key West yet. Now, why in the hell would I buy a place in Key West when I can rent for a third of the cost? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I'm going to spend the rest of my life in Key West. We're probably going to buy a sailboat at some point and sail off into the sunset. You know, and we may do that for a couple of years. So for us, you see, I, I don't need to impress people by saying that I own my home. It doesn't that doesn't because that's not impressive. And that's what you guys tend to, a lot of you guys tend to lose sight of. That's not impressive because when somebody says, oh, I have my big mansion, I'm like thinking to myself, you are an idiot. I would rather see you go out and buy, I don't know, Mike, you're a pilot. Like for you, Mike, you would cash flow a plane because you're, you're, you're that guy. You, you can you figure out a way to cash flow an airplane. Probably you have 10 ways already figured out to cash flow a plane. I do. I already got the plane picked up. Yeah, yeah. See. <laughs> Mike's a guy that bought a cargo van. While working oh, yeah. <laughs> as a government employee, and turned that he's got a free camper van. He turned his, he bought a van, used it as a transport van because he discovered a problem that he could solve, 
and then got a government contract, I believe. Was it a government contractor? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Government My own contract. employer paid me for it. Yeah. We're going to tell that story on the show one of these days because it's a great show, but great story about how you can take something, uh, what would look to be a liability, and yep. turn it into an asset. And now the end result is he got a free van that is almost new that he then had the profits from the business not only paid for the van, but paid for him to renovate or a portion of it anyway, to renovate that thing and make it into a camper van. So now he's out in Colorado living the van life thing. It didn't cost him a freaking dime. Meanwhile, nothing. every other schmuck is out there starting with a $120,000 price tag to get what Mike got for free, what you got for free, which is awesome. <laughs> I mean, that's how it should be. So guys, these green energy things can be a huge benefit, huge benefit. But I'll say this, and you guys have heard me talk about solar energy in the past. Be careful with the solar energy thing. Oh, yeah. Number one, when they when they sell you a solar energy package, I guarantee you it's going to cost you 15 times more, more than what you could do it yourself or piecemealing it. Don't finance this crap. If you can't afford to pay cash for it, don't do it. You want to get green. The way you get green, guys, is skip solar for now because it's just too expensive because it's all the rage. Instead, focus on things like saving on water. Reducing the electrical bill by changing the light fixtures over to LED. Number one, it's good for the tenants. They like light and bright. They they last longer. You don't have to change light bulbs. It doesn't give off heat. All kinds of reasons for this. This is cheap stuff. You can buy LED lighting dirt cheap. Go with LED lighting. Upgrade to maybe split systems, mini splits. Mike, you guys did, your landlord did flowers at your place. And the neighbors... You remember you telling me the neighbors were coming to you saying, well, you, that's a great landlord. Yeah. Yeah. So my, my current landlord, he literally does the, his own landscaping, which is not something I would, but landscaping is cheap. And when we're out looking for properties for our own fund, that's if, if, if the grass is five feet tall, we're yeah. in. Absolutely. Because 200 bucks, we fix that and you already have a value add. That's right. So like my landlord, every season, he literally changes the flowers out front, depending on the season, because he's he likes the flowers and hey, the plants, whatever. Part two. But, you know, if you just call up your landscaper and say, hey, uh, I bought these, you know, perennials, it's a dollar each. Can you put plant them around the house? And now most people think of like, oh, it's a landlord versus tenant. Why would I help the tenant out? If you just spend a few dollars and put flowers on, yes. all of a sudden, literally this house right that I'm in right now is the talk of the neighborhood. Yeah. Because there's flowers, it's beautifully landscaped. I don't do it. I'm I'm the tenant. I don't do it. But everyone's talking. I'm leaving. I'm moving to another town in two months. And already uh, we have a long list of people who we want to move in. And part of it is because of the stupid flowers. That's right. I shouldn't say stupid. Some people love them. Tyler loves puppies. So I should, you know. And kitties. Don't forget kitties. I love kitties too. And kitties. I actually, I prefer kitties over like. puppies, but you know, I don't have to take the oh. kitties out to poop at 5 a.m. And that's another episode. That is a whole other episode. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, you know, you're right. You get the curb appeal. People, It's in demand and then people are standing in line, which means when somebody comes home and has that pride of own, that pride of rentership, I guess you could say. They feel good about living there. Number one, they don't want to leave, which eliminates your turnover. Yeah. Number two, if they do turn over, you can rent it out. I bet you your landlord probably already has a tenant for your place. And if he doesn't, it's just because he hasn't advertised it yet. And he probably doesn't even have to advertise. The minute somebody finds out your place is up for grabs, he's going to jump on it. Now, my landlord down here in Key West, he knows Jill's a green thumb. And we said, hey, we'd like to landscape the place and paint the house. He about fell off his chair. 
well, we like a nice place to live, and we live in Key West. We are in a great neighborhood. We're right next door to a mansion. I mean, a freaking mansion is right next door to my house. So our place needs a little bit of landscape love, and the landscape land, the landlord's like, yeah, you guys can landscape it, but at least let me buy the materials. Nice. So he's given Jill basically a blank check to go out and do whatever she wants to do to make it gorgeous. Now he gets an improved property. We get pride of rentership, and we're going to take great care of that property. And it already looks 100% better than it did when we, the day we moved in because he had crappy tenants living there before us. So now he's fired his bad tenants. He's got in two good tenants, not just Jill and I, but the lady next door because it's a duplex. We, the three of us, Donna next door and Jill and I, want pride of rentership, right? We want to be – we like to live in nice – we like nice things. Ironically, she's a real estate agent as well. She works for Keller Williams. And she lives in Key West part of the year and in, in Houston, Texas, the rest of the year. So she's obviously a good real estate agent if she can afford two households. No. Um, and she's in Europe right now. So these little things, guys, thinking outside the box, instead of being your typical landlord, it's like, uh, let me see if I can find a used water heater to replace that. It's like, guys, oh. come on, you know, get a, get a, maybe a point of use. Or, you know, a tankless, because you're going to save that again, going back to, and we're running long on the show, I apologize, but I wanted to give you guys these specific things you can do right away that's going to reduce those power costs to help those tenants. Know this, inflation is real. Today is Thursday, October 13th. Obviously, you're listening to this show two weeks from the time we're recording it, but I want you to know, go back and look at what the CPI, Consumer Price Index numbers are that were released today for the month of September. They do not know how to solve inflation. Costs are out of control for both landlords and tenants. If you don't get in front of ways to help your tenants be successful tenants, you're going to risk losing them, and then you're going to have to relent the the places. You're going to have to pay top dollar to get them fixed up. You're going to wind up getting yourself in deep trouble. So you've got to start thinking more like a business person and less like a dirtbag if you're one of those dirtbag tenants or landlords. And find ways to help your tenants be successful. Reducing their energy costs goes a long way. Yeah. At the same time, reducing your costs. If you're paying a water bill, can you change those toilet flappers? Can you put? You realize in a lot of markets, Mike, you can get a toilet replaced for free. In St. Pete okay. now, I was going to tell you this. Yeah. I was reading this the other day. In St. Pete, they've got a grant program. If you're in the city of St. Petersburg, you can get a grant and have a licensed plumber come out and change your toilet with a low flow, low flush, water efficient, some federal grant they got. Wow. So, guys, check your local municipalities. This is the things that you learn by going to, to city council meetings like you and I were talking about the other day. There's yeah. all kinds of energy-saving grants available to get things done to your house. In Key West, they will, the federal government will kick in to come pick your house up, raise it up on a hill to get it out of the floodplain. That's no joke. Whoa. Yeah. They, they, I was just at City Hall yesterday talking with the mayor and the city manager. Jill and I were over there yesterday afternoon after lunch having that conversation, and they just got that program approved. Wow. They will literally pick your house up, put it on a hill. I mean, yeah. and the government's picking up the tab or a portion of the tab, but that's huge. So, so Tyler, all you got to do, you drive the neighborhoods, go to city council meetings, pick up on all these tips because, yeah, the, the green energy is green money in your pocket. Absolutely. And I'll add this, I'll add this too, Tyler, because I know you're going to laugh. So in Colorado over here, um, you might have it in Florida too. A lot of new construction houses, they're painted black. Have you seen these? No. Why black? They, 
I can imagine in Florida, it's like that is the this is the easiest fix ever. Repaint it, paint it white. You've saved probably hundreds of thousands of dollars in cooling. Out here, maybe they're thinking because the snow. But you think of it when there's snow, it, the snow is covering the black paint. It doesn't really do anything. And in the summers when it's hot, those people have, they can't keep their house cool anymore. I can't believe that. Who the hell would paint their house black unless they're like Medusa or something? I, I honestly, I think it's a new trend thing too. Dark colors, something to stick out. Maybe it's. I, I would. I guess my first glance, I would just assume it was tar paper and not somebody's actual color palette. It's like, <laughs> oh look, it's Halloween year round, right? Oh, what could possibly go wrong? Yeah. Well, guys, that just goes to show you that no matter what, no matter where you are in the world, you can't fix stupid. You just have to embrace <laughs> it, and you have to figure out ways to get ahead of things and here's a great way now those folks black house in the summertime they are not going to be able to afford the air conditioning to cool down that hot nasty monster come wintertime no but guys i hope you found some value this week mike thanks for joining me on another episode we're going to have you back on a more regular basis um, lots to think about lots of things you can take action opportunity is everywhere 2022 is not over with get off your ass get off the couch get to work and get cash flow and catch up with you next week guys this concludes today's episode you don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn head over to cashflowguys.com and contact tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas so you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race